The Secret Church Podcast is a resource from Radical.net. For the Secret Church 14 study guide and other resources that go along with this audio, visit Radical.net slash SC14. This is Secret Church 14, Episode 8. Cross and our playing, hobbies, sports. So biblical foundations here. Hobbies. Hobbies are good gifts from a gracious God given to us for the glory of God. So sports are gift. Hobbies that we play, they're, they're gifts. So we, again, we've got to be careful not to compartmentalize God as if God has God's church over here and then has nothing to do with sports. No, by nature of the fact that God's God, he's God over everything. And everything that's good is because he's given it as a good gift, James 1.17. So the problem is sin happens when we take that which is good and we turn it into a God. So we turn good things into gods we worship and serve instead of the God who gave us the good thing in the first place. So we take sports or hobby, a good thing, and we turn it into a God, an ultimate thing that captivates and consumes us and subtly and unknowingly controls us in different ways. The danger is, third biblical foundation here, good gifts make lousy gods because idols, idols always disappoint. Hear this quote from Tom Brady. Winner of three Super Bowl rings, interviewed on 60 Minutes in the middle of an undefeated season with the New England Patriots, having an MVP season as a quarterback, relationship with a supermodel, all this while making millions of dollars. And this is what he said. He said, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think, God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. The interviewer asked him, well, what do you think the answer is? And Brady responded, I wish I knew. Idols always inevitably disappoint. And far more serious, idols ultimately destroy. Idolaters, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, those who live in fundamental orientation away from God, even towards something good besides God, will not inherit the kingdom of God. J.C. Ryle said, thousands have trodden the path you're pursuing. They've fought hard for wealth and honor and office and promotion and turned their backs on God and Christ and heaven and the world to come and have awoke too late to find an end in misery and eternal ruin. Be warned. So in light of this, we need to personally examine our lives. Examine yourselves. Examine your heart. Examine your heart. So when you think about, it's different for different people. So for some, it's college football. For some, it's basketball. For some, it's baseball. For some, it's uh, this type or that. Maybe it's uh, college sports or professional sports. Maybe it's kids' sports. Or, or maybe it's, yeah, there's just so many different hobbies. Maybe it's video games. Whatever it might be. Examine your heart. So when people look at your life, would they say, that's a heart that is wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord? Or would they say, that's a heart that's divided? Examine your mind. What occupies your mind when you have nothing else to think about? Does your mind go to sports when you don't have anything else to think about? Does your mind go to this or that hobby? Is your mind consumed by this video game? Tim Keller said, the true God of your heart is what your thoughts effortlessly go to when there's nothing else demanding your attention. Examine your conversation. Remember what's on your mind, heart comes out of your mouth. What are your most passionate conversations about? And we're just talking about the need to talk about Jesus. Well, we were, we were just, I mean, we're in Birmingham, Alabama here. Like, people talk about college football all the time. It's just everyday conversation. What's on our mind and our hearts comes out of our mouth in a way that is showing there's something wrong. 
at the core. Not that that's, college football is not a bad thing in and of itself. But you look at our conversations and it's clear. We've taken that which is a good thing and turned it into a God. Examine your emotions. Do sports or hobbies incite and ignite your affections in unhealthy ways? So does does a game cause your emotions to swing in such a way that you're sad, grumpy, even angry when your team doesn't win? Or on the other side, maybe even more potentially dangerous, are you inordinately happy and fun to be around because your team won? When your emotions, happiness and sadness, depend on the outcome of a game, it may be that your heart is at least in some ways consumed and controlled by games and hobbies. Examine your use of money. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Did you know that the combined athletic budgets of the 12 schools in the SEC is over $800 million? It's close to a billion dollars. That's more than the GDP gross domestic products of 24 of the world's poorest countries. So across the South in a land that's covered with churches, we've got to ask the question, where is our heart? Where's our heart? Where are we spending all our money? Examine your use of time. How much time do you spend in this hobby or in that sport? Examine your perspective. You put all that together and you begin to realize we are so easily deceived by artificial battles on ball fields. We, and, we, and we think they matter when the reality is there's, there's, there's Turks, Kurds, there's 75 million of them and there's 4,000 believers. Like they, there's real battles that we need to be fighting from our knees and fighting in our lives that are far more eternally important than these and we lose perspective. So, so what do we do then? How do we, how do we avoid losing perspective? How do we make sure to honor God with our minds and our hearts and our money when it comes to hobbies and sports? Practical application. First, use hobbies to draw attention to God's greatness. This is a good gift that God's given us. So how can we use it for the glory of God? And I'm talking about something deeper than just, okay, you score a touchdown and you kneel down and you point up to the sky. Like I'm talking about some more than that. So maximize hobbies for their intended purpose as a way to worship God. So the goal in sports or hobbies, the goal in sports is not winning. The goal in sports is worship. And not the worship of an athlete, but the worship of God. We love this. And we hear this quote from Eric Liddell in Chariots of Fire. Now he, a future missionary, meddled as a runner in the Olympic Games. And he said, God made me for a purpose. He knew that purpose to glorify God. So he said, God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. In other words, this is him saying, I run really fast to the glory of God. That is the purpose of sports. Keep hobbies in their proper place, far behind, behind your family and your church and a host of other things. So where do sports or hobbies fall on your priority list? Families all across our communities spend majority of their time at sporting events sometimes. That's where the family time is together. Or men. So men, ask your wife, ask your wife if sports is in any way a hindrance to your intimacy with her and wait for her to answer. And if they are a hindrance, consider what major adjustments need to be made in order to put them in their proper place behind your wife loving and serving her. Moms and dads, if you're carting your children all across town doing this or that, are they getting a healthy perspective of sports, hobbies in their lives? Particularly when compared to, to learning God's word, participating in things like family worship, worship with the church. Liddell, and this is a brother who withdrew from the race he was, he was best at in the Olympics because running that race would mean running on Sunday, which was the Sabbath, which we're talking about in a second. He refused to run. I mean, talk about a clear picture that sports were not his idol. How far we've come from this. 
on Sundays, we're playing sports all the time in a way that oftentimes pulls people away from the gathering of God's people for worship. Use hobbies, so use hobbies to draw attention to God's greatness. Second, use hobbies to express appreciation for God's grace. So again, anything good here is a gift from God. So intentionally and continually offer thanks to God. You see something happen in the sport, you say, have something enjoyable happen in the sport you're playing in, the sport you're watching. Let that just overflow in gratitude to God for this. Let the enjoyment of hobbies lead to ever-increasing affection for God. Like when I give my kids a gift, I give my kids some Legos, my boys, and they start playing, like it, it honors the gift I, I've given them when they, when they play with it and they enjoy it and they're having fun with it. It doesn't just sit on the side. So it's a good thing when we're enjoying a good gift that God's given us to enjoy it in a way that increases affection for him and says, this is, this is from you. Thank you. Like you've given this as an enjoyment. Recreation is a good thing. Use hobbies to express appreciation for God's grace. Third, use hobbies to grow in sanctification. So hobbies, as we, as we discipline ourselves in different sports or discipline ourselves in different activities, we're cultivating humility. We're learning to demonstrate honor to other people, to other teams, to develop self-discipline, develop self-discipline and training. Sports are tools in God's hand to help us learn to maintain self-control, to model self-sacrifice. Now, in it all, we need to make sure that we're valuing growth in godliness over personal achievement. That this is the goal, that we're looking more and more and more like Christ as a result of what we're doing. And that we're teaching our children that's what's most important. I love this quote from C.J. Mahaney. Uh, I recommended a resource from him called Don't Waste Your Sports in the Back of Your Guide. He said, our children will pursue what we applaud. They will emulate what we celebrate. If we celebrate scoring and winning, then our children will define success in these terms. But if we celebrate God, celebrate evidences of godly character in our children, we will help them define success far more biblically. And so he encourages them to, as parents, maximize sports for children's growth in godliness. Every practice, every game is an opportunity to lead our children. Often as parents, we think we have fulfilled our duty by simply attending our children's games and cheering. Not so. We're called to so much more. Informed by the gospel, we're called to lead our children wisely. Before the game, this means preparing them to keep biblical priorities in mind while they play. After the game, this means celebrating their expressions of godly character more than they celebrate their skill for the final score. Every moment our children spend in sports is a teaching moment. This is something we need to be intentional about. Prioritize what really matters in eternity over what seems to matter on earth. And then use hobbies to lead others to salvation. Sports, hobbies are oftentimes some of the most common and enjoyable means for bringing people together in our culture. And so how can we maximize that for the spread of the gospel, the cross and playing? Thank you for listening. You can find more episodes from Secret Church and thousands of other free resources at Radical.net.